Let's turn to the book of Exodus this morning, or this evening, rather. In chapter number 20, we'll be looking at one verse there in chapter number 20. And I know that was mean, I know that was harsh. And like I said, some of you may be mad at me, some of you online may be mad at me. But listen to me, that's the truth. That's what God's laid on my heart. And I'm not going to spare your feelings if God told me to do something. I can't. But the book of Exodus in chapter number 20, we know this is the Ten Commandments. There's one verse I want to focus on, uh, and we'll get started. It says, Thou shalt not have no other gods before me. That's pretty cut and dry, I think. Pretty simple, a a pretty easy way at looking things. Uh, You have the God of the Bible... Uh, the God who created the heaven and the earth and and created all things in seven days. You have the God that sent his son to die on the cross, Jerry, for you and me. Uh, And his blood saved us, amen. Uh, A man that was 100% God and 100% man that came from the God of the Bible. Uh, You see the God of the Bible who is a just God, he's a jealous God. He can be an angry God and he will be an angry God. Uh, You see uh, a God of the Bible who's a loving God. Uh, He's all these things, he's even a perfect God. And God said not to have any other gods before him. That means uh, what that's saying, what God was telling the Israelite people in the Ten Commandments and what he's telling us today, I think uh, that most of the time that when God writes something down in his word, it's applicable to when it was written and applicable to things and today. Uh, whether it be uh, 20,000 years ahead of us, when the word of God is written, it can still be applied to the things of that time. Uh, And so God's saying right here, don't have any other gods before me. That means uh, uh, God is on top. Everything else goes below. Everything else goes below. That's just what I was talking about, priorities. But we, uh, in in today's uh, culture and society, uh, in 2022, we're very fast, uh, very quick, uh, to take something and put it in front of God, to put it ahead of God, to put it above God, uh, and to put it in front of us before God, uh, no matter what it is. And I don't know why God has laid this on my heart. It's been on my heart to preach uh, for about a month now uh, where God has been putting, th- showing me little things and telling me little things and, uh, and showing me little just things that, uh, on, on the Internet. And when I wasn't expecting them, showing me things that would help me for this. And I don't know if it's because somebody somewhere is thinking about the... Uh, uh, dropping uh, uh, God's religion and dropping uh, uh, being a follower of Christ and taking up some other kind of religion or taking up some other kind of uh, something and forgetting God. I don't know if somebody here is thinking about doing that. I don't know if somebody's going to watch online uh, and think about doing that or, or you're thinking maybe we see somebody who's, who's of another religion watching this. But what I want to say, uh, and this is I'm going to be as plain, as, as simple as I can be, and I'm going to be pretty short tonight, I think. Uh, but uh, as plain, as simple as I can be, if you're not worshiping the God of the Bible, no matter who else, where else, what else you're worshiping, if, it's not, if you're not worshiping the God of the Bible, you're worshiping the devil. There's no such thing uh, as Allah. Uh, there's no such thing as these 6,000, 20,000 Hindu gods. There's no such thing as, uh, uh, as uh, these uh, Egyptian gods. There's no such thing as, as Greek mythology or North mythology. There's two things. Uh, there's God and there's the devil. And if it's not of God, if it's not by God, if it's not for God, it's the devil. Uh, I think about uh, uh, Islam even. We'll start there and we'll go on. Islam, the Muslims. 
and uh, we, we could say a lot about them, but we'll talk about how they got their start. Uh, uh, old uh, uh, Muhammad was walking through the desert, uh, and, and what he said is an angel come and told him all about Allah and told him about how they should fight the infidel and how they should uh, uh, come and, and how they should, he needs to write this book down. And they wrote the Quran and, and he started a religion. And, and I'll tell you, that, that whole lineage comes from Ishmael, from Abraham's uh, mess up and his mistake. But that's another message for another time. Uh, but this angel that came to Muhammad, he taught uh, Muhammad another religion, taught him, about, like I said, about Allah and all these things. Uh, and, and God tells us that, the, the, and the Bible tells us that there are messenger angels that come, and, and like the like Gabriel came and talked to uh, came and talked to Mary, and came and talked to Joseph. But those angels, Gabriel didn't come down to Joseph and tell him, "Hey, uh, we're going to create a new thing that's going to put the Bible out." Uh, Gabriel didn't come to Mary and say, "Hey, we're going to start a new religion." You in? Uh, Gabriel didn't come uh, the, the, the angel of the Lord didn't come to Abraham and say uh, why don't you do something that's not to, uh, God's will here and we're going to but I, and this is just me but I, I believe it 100% wholeheartedly the angel that came to Muhammad it wasn't no angel maybe uh, it was a demon sent by the devil to come and create something that was going to send a million people to hell a billion people to hell uh, all in the name of religion uh, maybe uh, uh, Joseph Smith walking through the woods, uh, Mormonism, if you don't know. Uh, maybe the angel that come to him and said, hey, this is another extension on the word of God, uh, and this is what you're going to preach and teach. Uh, and this we're going to, uh, the Bible tells us not to add nor take away from the Bible, by the way. Uh, what if that wasn't no angel telling old Joe Smith to make up a new religion? Uh, maybe that wasn't an angel telling old Joe Smith that uh, uh, that he needed to lead a bunch of people into hell in the name of legalism, in the name of all these wacky, wild ideas. Uh, maybe that was a demon coming to old Joe Smith in, the, in a disguise as a uh, as an angel. Uh, listen, the, the book of John in First John, excuse, excuse me, First uh, John, First John, chapter number four. Turn there with me real quick. Chapter number four. The first uh, verse of that says, Beloved, believe not every spirit. That's pretty cut and dry. Believe not every spirit. Uh, if you think an angel comes down and is, is, is whispering in your ear, you better think real hard, better think real careful about what it's telling you. Uh, and, and we could go on about angels coming to men uh, and, and angels rather, you know, not angels, but demons sent by the devil coming to men and, and then whoop-de-doo, we've got a new religion uh, running around. There's a cult in Pennsylvania today. Uh, on this day, on October 31st, 2022, there's a cult and I've seen the clips, I've seen the videos. Uh, this old boy, he's standing up and he wears one of those priestly uh, collars there and wears all black and he's got his, uh, what he calls his, disciples and apostles, there's 12 of them, uh, taking little hints from the Bible there and changing and perverting it. To, uh, and he says that what, somebody stood up in a questionnaire and said, uh, do you think that Jesus is the only way to heaven? And he said, well, sure, Jesus is the only way to heaven and I'm Jesus in the flesh. He said that and there's a thousand, ten thousand people coming to his church uh, joining this cult so they're going to be sent straight to hell if something doesn't happen. Uh, listen, he's got all his boys, uh, and they stand up and they talk about Reverend. So his name is Brother 
brother so-and-so. It starts with an R, I know. Uh, but they stand up and say, as long as you're following what brother so-and-so says, you're going to heaven. I uh, says, so long as you're doing what brother so-and-so says, you're good, you're doing good. Uh, and that's hogwash sent straight from the devil to mess people up, to send people to hell. Uh, let me tell you again what the word of God says. Uh, uh, he, he's a roaring lion sinketh in who he may devour. Uh, and that means that he will devour you whole. His end goal, his very last goal. He knows the end of the book. He knows what's coming. His end goal is to see as many souls drop into the pit of hell with him. Uh, and you think he won't create some kind of hoopla, some kind of hogwash to get people to go to hell. I'm telling you he will. He does. Uh, I'm thinking about all the all the million billion people in India, in in Southeast Asia, in Europe, uh, uh, that believe this Hindu mess. They believe there's six thousand and so gods uh, uh, and gods that ain't going to do no good for them. I think about these Buddhists uh, uh, that'll put out a plate of food. They'll put out the best they have, put out the very last they have, and lay it in front of their shrine to Buddha. Uh, and if he comes by and eats it, they're doing good. Uh, and what are they to dismay? They wake up and nobody's touched that pot, uh, that pot, that bowl of rice except the flies. That's an unhappy, sad life to live. They think because they live in the way of the Buddha, they're going to reach enlightenment and, and, and find nirvana. And there's heaven in Islam. And you go into all these places when you die. When you're a Hindu, you get to reincarnated. When you're this, you go here. And when you're that, you go here. When you're an atheist, you just die. And that's it. And all those people thinking that are going straight to hell. We have this doctrine of people that say that as long as you do good, you're going to heaven. I watch Ray Comfort. encourage all of you to watch Ray Comfort on YouTube. Just, just look up his name. He, he's a street evangelist. And he's bold and he tells people the word of God. But he comes and he'll ask somebody, what are you going to do when you die? Or are you a good person? And every one of them, black, yellow, white, or red, or brown, they say, yeah, I'm a good person. Of course I'm a good person. And you and I, when we just think about it from our flesh, we say, I'm a good person. I gave that homeless man a dollar. I bought that homeless man a McDouble. Uh, I, I, I go to church. I, uh, I'd never be mean to somebody. I'd never look my, down my nose at somebody. I'd, uh, I'd never hit somebody or cuss somebody or, or spit on somebody. I'm a good person. But the Bible tells us that our righteousness is filthy rags. And so basically what, uh, what the Bible says is we're not good. Whether you are, whether you are a black, white, Asian, or or, or, or Indian, or Mexican, or or Guatemalan, or or, or Chinese, or, or Japanese, or Vietnamese, or or French, or, or or you're from the UK, if you're Irish or Scottish, or you're from Russia, or you're a Ukrainian, if you don't listen to me, you're not a good person. I'm not nothing. My righteousness is filthy rags, and your righteousness is filthy rags. So being a good person. Being a good person in society's view, being a good person in culture's view, isn't going to get you nothing but eternal damnation, hellfire. That's it. We've got all these people, all these, all these millions of people being misled and dropping into the pit of hell. 
We've got all these people that are being misled. They, 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 they think that they're doing right. They think because, because, because somebody said something that they're okay. They're going to heaven. And this goes beyond politics. This goes beyond whatever racism somebody might throw at me that say I'm a racist because I don't believe in every religion. Uh, this, might, this goes beyond any kind of, of wokeness or woke culture. I'm telling you, uh, if you're listening online, uh, you're a Muslim, you're a Hindu, you're, a, uh, you're some kind of atheist or you're some kind of Buddhist or you believe in the teachings of Confucius or whatever it may be or you're some cult leader or some cult member. Listen to me carefully. If you don't have Christ Jesus living inside your heart, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you've never been saved and bathed under the blood of Jesus Christ, you're going to hell and that's where you'll spend eternity. Uh, maybe you think I'm mean. Maybe you think I'm harsh. I've already been called that tonight, I'm sure. Oh, Josh Forbes is a mean one. Uh, uh, he, he's rude and he'll scream at us and he'll be mean to us. Uh, and I'm just telling you all this because I care, because I love you. I couldn't stand to see somebody that might have listened to me preach drop into the pits of hell because I messed up, because I didn't say the right words. Uh, listen to me. Uh, uh, all those other religions are straight from the devil. Uh, he come up with them. He wrote the book on them. Uh, he come up with them, amen. And all they're good for, all they're good for is sending somebody straight to hell. But we compromise, don't we? We compromise and compromise and compromise to the fat point where, uh, uh, where we let homosexuals come in and, and, and preach at the church and let transgenders come in and preach at the ter- church. Uh, the Presbyterians, uh, now because they want to be so woke and they want to be so accepting and they don't want to offend anybody, and this is this honest to God truth, uh, they have uh, a committee, they have the, it's, they're kind of like a democracy. They assign preachers and assign pastors and send people here and send this one that way. Well, they uh, have uh, recently assigned, happened just last week, I think, a transgender pastor. That's right. And if that doesn't infuriate you, if that doesn't make you mad, you need to check yourself. If you think, well, they're transgender, that's okay. We don't want to make anybody mad. We don't want to make anybody offended. We don't want to, that's their life, they can live it. If they want to live that life, well, that's fine, that's all them. And and maybe, you know, America says they can because this is America and they're free to do what they want. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about somebody that can't figure whether they're a man or a woman trying to stand up and divide a word of God to people. Uh, somebody that can't decide whether they're a man or a woman telling people how to get to heaven. Do they know themselves? Uh, we, I, oh my goodness. And, 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 and I know we're not Presbyterian. We're Baptists and thank God for the Baptists. Uh, but we've got our own flaws and I'm telling you something. It's coming here faster than you can, uh, uh, faster than you can count, faster than you can, in the blink of an eye, it'll be on Baptist doorsteps in their pulpits. The Southern Baptist uh, uh, organization has already fallen uh, into compromise and fallen into things. I remember when they said that it was they was going to start to letting gay marriage be okay in the church, uh, uh, and that was a while ago now. But but still, that's the Baptist, the Southern Baptist Conference. We letting all these things creep into our life in the name of of acceptance, in the name of love, right? Oh, you don't love somebody if you can't accept who they believe they are. That's confusing in itself. But listen to me. 
Uh, if we don't start telling people the truth, if we don't stop compromising, we don't stop letting these things come into the doors of our church and walk through the Sunday school halls and come into our schools, come into our minds, come into our homes, it'll consume us. Uh, uh, the devil's fighting every, I mean, he's fighting hand and foot. Like I said, his, uh, his goal is to take us all to hell with him. Thank God we're saved and bathed under the blood. Uh, but there's a bunch of people that ain't. Uh, and listen to me, if we don't start telling them the truth, they'll be in hell uh, and we'll have nothing to do. We'll just have to see it happen. I've told you once about the dream and I'll, tell, I'll probably tell it a hundred times about the dream I had when we were at Judgment Day standing at the great white throne judgment. I was standing behind the throne with all the saints, praise God. And then here a bunch of, a bunch of boys that I knew I went to school with, I used to run around with. There they were standing on the wrong side. How many people that we let go and be on the wrong side of the judgment seat that we didn't tell them the truth and now they're on the wrong side of the judgment seat. How many people, because what, we didn't want to offend them? Because we didn't want to make somebody mad? I'm telling you, if the word of God doesn't offend you, if the word of God doesn't step on your toes, you're either a much greater saint than I, uh, or you need to stop and look and see what it says, or you're reading the wrong word of God. Some fake nonsense, and we'll get there in a moment. But listen to me, if we keep letting this stuff creep in and get closer and get closer, the devil's going to have the church. He'll have the church. Sooner or later, they'll kick all of us out of here. They'll kick Darren out of here. They'll kick the King James Version God, Word of God out of here. And they'll bring some bunch of yahoos in here. Somebody that don't know the Word of God. Uh, from any other book on the planet. Somebody that couldn't tell you what God's will for their life was or what a calling is. Somebody that couldn't tell you, somebody that couldn't tell you which bathroom they want to use or how they're feeling that day. And we're just going to let them walk in the Christian people and I didn't, this isn't where I was going to go again, but, but listen to me, the Christian people have fallen so silent, uh, fallen so asleep, uh, uh, we've fallen so behind in doing what's right and spreading the truth uh, in doing the things that God's called us to do that we've let all this happen in a once Christian nation. And we blame the devil and he's got a part in it. But we ought to be blaming ourselves because we've let it all come right in. There was a time in this country where God's people were feared and respected. God's house was respected. God's man was respected. And now they just assume spit on us. You know why? We're asleep. We're not telling the truth. You know these bunch of people who, who live their lives like that and, and all these people who who say all these things and spit on the word of God and burn the word of God and, and burn the American flag and all those things and all the people that, you know, if they get offended real easy, but they can't handle it long. They can't. The truth will run out a lie. Light will run out the darkness. And it seems a lot of times like this country, and I know that most of you probably cut the news off now. You don't watch the news, and that's me. I don't watch the news. But it's almost hard uh, not to see what's going on, not to hear about things going on. And that's not everywhere. It's not, uh, that's not all that goes on. There's still good. 
But I think about all, all the things going on. That's darkness. Seems like our country's covered in darkness. Seems like our state is covered in darkness. A lot of times it seems like our county's covered in darkness. Our little area. And the only thing to remove darkness is a light. Not a flashlight. Not an old lamp. Not even fluorescent lights. Uh, or spotlight. None of that. But the light of Christ Jesus that's supposed to be shining in all of us. The light of Christ Jesus that's supposed to be lit when we get saved and shine bright. I, I, I honestly believe we can shine it as bright as the day it got saved if we'd only try. Uh, the Bible tells us to shine our light. And the only way to remove darkness, uh, did you know this? Darkness, or light isn't the absence of darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. Uh, that means that, the, that somewhere where darkness may have crept in, uh, somewhere where darkness may be sitting or lurking, uh, somewhere where darkness may be just all over in our country, in our state, in our county, it may just be because somebody there quit shining their light. It may just be because somebody there forgot about what God's word said. Uh, because they threw the truth behind them uh, and stopped living the truth, stopped being the truth. Uh, and they started living their life the way the world says to live. And, and I've got completely off track. This isn't what I was going to preach, so I'll get back onto my notes. Uh, uh, but listen to me tonight. Uh, uh, we've got all these things running people astray. I think about false doctrines, if you will. Let's turn to the book of Romans, uh, just real quick. Not sure if I'll get through all my notes tonight, and that's okay. Whatever God wants, we'll do. Uh, but Romans chapter number 1 and verse 25. That says, Who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who was blessed forever. Amen. I won't get off on atheism for just a minute. All these atheist crowd who say that nothing created everything, who say that everything came from nothing, who say that there was just a bang uh, and the world was created, which is wrong, who say there's no way there's a God uh, who spit in the face of God and spit in the face of God's people, who call us a bunch of loony Bible thumpers, uh, uh, who call us crazy because we believe the truth, uh, uh, all those people who say that's impossible that there's a God, all those people who may say that, uh, uh, that there's no way, and we'll talk about that for a minute. See, what they've done is turn the truth of God into a lie. And that is another while, another... Uh, another attack by the devil. Be it uh, obvious or not, I think it's rather obvious. That's an attack from the devil. See, when, God, or when the devil couldn't convince people that there were other gods, he convinced them that there was no God and that it would be impossible for there to be a God. <clears throat> and so people took with that lie and they ran with it. And now, did you know that's the second largest religion in the world? Is atheists. Atheism. Not Hindus, not Muslims. Muslims is the, is the fastest growing, if you didn't know. We're losing our battle. We're losing our fight. It's again, not what I'm preaching. But they think that, that science is God. They replace the creator with the created things that have been created, things that have been thought up by man, they take as fact and they take as truth. 
And the only place that'll get you is hell. You know what interests me about science? And there's a lot of good science. Um, there's a lot of science that proves the Word of God, a lot of science that proves the Bible, and, and especially creation and things like that. But something that has always intrigued me on why people can believe on science but can't trust God, science is continually changing. There's a theory here and there's a theory there. And that theory changes when there's more evidence. This theory changes when there's more evidence. Science is always changing. The Word of God never changes. Uh, the Bible tells us that heaven and earth will pass away, but, the, but God's Word will last forever. It's never changing. It's, it's infallible. It's the perfect truth. The perfect truth. But instead, we take... Let, let's turn to, 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 to 2 Timothy real quick, chapter 4. Something I want to point out to you. It's, thank you, Lord. I'll read the whole, the whole thing later, but, but verse 4 here, and it says, They'll turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Uh, fables like, a, uh, like, like atheism and fables like, uh, like Islam and fables like Hindu and fables uh, like all these things. Fables, 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 fake made up, written by some man, fake, uh, will get you nowhere but hell, fake, ain't going to do you a bit of good, but get you sent into the bottomless pit of hell. That's the only good thing those fables are going to do for you, and I'm talking about every other, and you uh, scream at me, throw a song book at me, get mad at me, call me intolerant, call me racist, call me what you will, but I don't care if it's not uh, worshiping the God of the Bible, the God who holds this, God, this world in his hands, if it's not that, you're worshiping the devil like I said when I started there's only two there's God and there's the devil uh, and if you're not worshipping God you're worshipping the devil and that's it plain and simple and if you worship the devil you're going to go to hell plain and simple sorry to make you mad sorry to make you uncomfortable and that should be the message of the Christian people uh, you know we're the only people who hold the secret to everlasting life we're the only people who hold the secret to, to knowing God. Uh, Jesus said that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by him. Uh, and we're the ones who are holding Jesus. Uh, we hold the book that has Jesus. Uh, we're in the building where Jesus is, uh, and we just keep him down. We wouldn't spread him around for nothing. We wouldn't get called intolerant or get laughed at or get to, uh, spat on or get scorned at uh, because we believe Jesus. Uh, but we're the only people. We're the only people that can get it to the world. Muslims ain't going to tell people about Jesus. Lost people ain't going to tell people about Jesus. It's up to you and me. If it's not up to any other Christian on the planet, if it's not up to any other church in Mitchell County or any other Christian church in the world, if you and I are not sharing Jesus Christ, it ought to be up to us, amen. It ought to be up to us, Dad. We ought to be the ones telling people about Jesus. Uh, we shouldn't sit back and wait for somebody else to do it. Shouldn't sit back and wait to, uh, for somebody else to tell that Muslim about Christ or tell that, uh, that Hindu about Christ. We ought to get busy, get working, drive, drive, drive in there, the word of God uh, until their ears bleed. The people say don't shove your religion down my throat uh, and all these false religions I agree with don't shove it down my throat I don't want to hear it 
all your, 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 your liberal fantasies and all your uh, ideals and all your mess. I don't want to hear it. But we ought to start shoving the truth down some people's throat and get them into the word of God. Let them hear it. If God's people don't tell it, it'll never be heard. Amen. But that brings me to my next point. False doctrine in the church. You say, what are you talking about? And I'm sure this will make some of you mad at me. And that's okay. Uh, if you're not mad by now, you probably will be now. <clears throat> but uh, all these new age, highfalutin, high-fanging churches, skinny jean wearing preachers with their vans and their ripped up pants and their tattoos and their, their ear piercings and their sunglasses and shades in the pulpit. And this is irrelevant, but I'll give you an idea. Most of them walk around like this. Just about all of them walk around just like this. And that ain't got nothing to do with anything, but it gives you an idea of who I'm talking about. And you'll see men, oh, Jerry, I believe the man of God ought to dress like the man of God. Uh, and it don't mean he has to wear a suit and tie, but he ought to look good, amen. Uh, he ought to look like he knows something, ought to look like he's worth something. Uh, but you see all these men walking around with tattoos and with piercings and things. Uh, and I'm not saying that you can't have those things and be uh, called by God. But you see all these preachers, well, they call themselves preachers. Let me hold off. They call themselves preachers but wouldn't know God's calling uh, from the devil's calling, amen. Uh, and this is in America I mean this uh, from the bottom of my heart. And like I said, this will probably make it mad. I mean, that's okay. Uh, but these guys that take some other word of God and try and break it and try and sell it uh, as the truth, let me tell you something tonight. If it's not the King James Version Bible, it won't do you, it's no good. Get your King James Version Bible. If you don't got one, go get one. Uh, it'll help you, Amen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians real quick. My voice is going out for me. Somebody pray for me. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. In verse 13 it says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Men who don't know God, who've never had an encounter with Christ, Men who, uh, who think that preaching would have been a, was a good idea because grandmama told them. Uh, men who, uh, who thought preaching was a good idea because they thought they was going to make some money. Uh, or men who thought, well, I'd like to help some people, so I'll be a preacher. Or them boys that go to school and have never been called to preach, and then after their school and try to get up and preach the Word of God. Uh, and that's even in the Baptist faith, amen. Uh, but uh, uh, all these people that are, 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 are don't, don't know Christ. They don't know Him. They don't know who He is. They don't uh, have any kind of a relationship with Him. And a lot of them think they do. Uh, and some of them might but they're still preaching the wrong word. Uh, they're still preaching the wrong doctrine. I think about this doctrine where they'll, they'll preach just about everything but hell. Preach everything but sin bad. Preach everything but uh, uh, that, that, that you should abhor your sin. Uh, but most of them are preaching to get into bed with your sin. Uh, most of them are preaching that, uh, uh, that hell don't exist. Or, or here's the thinking, and I know, I know a few like this uh, personally. I have met them, been in their church before, and, and heard of them, heard them preach uh, uh, that we can't, we can't preach hell because it'll hurt somebody's feelings. 
Or maybe it'll scare somebody. And you can't just scare somebody into getting saved. But I'll tell you, you know what, let me say this. I had a girlfriend. Um, and that she went to one of those churches. She liked the new age thing, and that's cool. Whatever. Um, but she told me, actually, we got into a fight. Because she told me, you can't preach on hell. And I said, yeah, I can. And I will. Because it's what the word of God says. And we got into a fight, and she yelled at me, you can't scare people into salvation. You can't, you can't preach hell. How dare you preach hell? What if somebody gets scared and they just go to the altar because they're scared? Sometimes God works in mysterious ways. And if I'm scared of hell and I make my way to an altar and God meets me there, I'll be just as saved as the fellow that was riding down the road and God come and got in the car with him. Uh, If I was scared of going to hell and I laid down in an altar and Christ Jesus met me there and I give my life over to him just as saved as any other body, just as saved as any other Christian on this planet. But you can't do that. What if somebody gets scared in the church house? Let me tell you something. Conviction is some of the scaredest I've ever been in my whole life. Conviction, uh, I remember the morning God called me to preach. And uh, I was, uh, we were at a conference and we, we were off somewhere. It was summertime and there was a silent, auction, uh, a silent altar call. And they said, we're not going to do any kind of singing. We're not going to have any kind of piano playing. He said, we're just going to have an altar call. And uh, it was raining, pouring rain on top of a tin roof. And there wasn't no walls in this, this tabernacle we were in. And it was like a wind blew the Spirit of God right into my head. And I went to the altar to see what it was. And I got under such heavy conviction that I didn't want to get up out of the altar. Got under such heavy conviction that I couldn't talk, I couldn't think. But I could tell God was saying that you're going to preach my word. I could tell, Jerry, I could tell. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that's what he's telling me to do. Almost an audible voice saying, Josh, I want you to preach my word. And unlike a lot of these other, other great men of God, I didn't know I was allowed to run. And so I said, God, if that's what you want, I'll do it. I said, are you sure? God, are you sure? He said, I'm sure. That's some of the scariest I'd ever been. I remember the morning when I preached my first message. I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'd had all my notes read out and and things and thought I was ready. I even went out into the building and and practiced, you know. I don't do that much anymore, but... And practiced what I was going to preach. And and I read my notes word for word and thought, huh, that was pretty good. That was all right. I didn't understand being under the Spirit of God, being in front of all God's people. The first morning I preached, there was about 250 people in the church. I had to make a boy nervous without preaching. Standing up in front of 250 people would make it nervous. But I woke up at 3.30 that morning and laid down in front of the gas logs and could not go to sleep because I was so afraid. And prayer and prayer and prayer. And finally it came time for me to get up and and preach and I know the fear I was feeling sitting on that front pew the fear that what if I say something wrong you know Jerry the Bible tells us we're going to be held to a higher standard what if I'd have said something wrong what if I'd 
done something wrong? What if I, oh man, just the fear and the thoughts that were running through my mind. God uses fear. What if I'd have never been afraid? What if I'd have never been nervous? What if God's conviction wouldn't cripple me in that altar? Well, there's a very good chance I wouldn't be standing up here preaching, doing God's will this morning or this evening. So God uses fear. And He can. Don't tell me He can't. He might not like to every single time, and that's fine. God does what He wants, amen. God uses what He will uh, to do what He wants, amen. But all these preachers that are not preaching hell, it's, 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 how can you have a heaven without a hell? How can you have reward without punishment? How can you have, uh, you're only telling half the story. And that's the whole problem with all these yahoos, these jokers that get up uh, and don't preach the whole word of God. They're only telling half the story. Jerry, what good would it me? What good would it do for me to come and tell you that you're doing okay? Jerry, you're doing all right. To, have you got sins in your life? God forgives you. What good would that do if I didn't tell you you need to repent? Jerry, you need to get right. You need to get. Uh, you need to get saved. Amen. Amen. And if you don't, you're going. I mean, uh, what good would it do for me to tell somebody half of a story? That's like like if I had a testimony. And this may be a poor example, and, and probably is, and I think it is, but, uh, but if I was given testimony, and I lived all this life, and then something happened, and all this life was bad, all this life I was in drugs, I was drinking, I was gambling, I was, I was doing whatever, living for the devil, and then right here Jesus saved me. And then I just stood up and said, well, Jesus saved me, that's good. It's good, praise God, Jesus saved me. What did he save me from? He saved me from a life of drinking. Saved me from a life of drugs. He saved me from a life of sin. Saved me from a life of living for the devil. Uh, How much better is it when we tell the whole story, uh, even when we're talking about what God has done for us? So uh, all these preachers, be wary, be aware. Uh, open your eyes and listen to doctrine that you're hearing preached. Uh, uh, it's in, I think about old Joel Osteen, uh, that silver-tongued devil, uh, talking about, well, here's, here, I'll give you an excerpt that I've memorized from one of his messages that burnt me up. Uh, he said, uh, he said uh, God doesn't want you to be poor, broke, and defeated. He said, if I brought my children up here and I stood them in front of you, and they were dirty and wearing ragged clothes and hungry, that would reflect poorly on me as a daddy. And it reflects poorly on God when you're not driving a good car, when you don't have the best job, when you don't have the nicest house. And I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not making this up. I promise you, standing in the pulpit under the Spirit of God, that's what he said. God wants you to have the nicest things. And maybe he does, but he doesn't want you uh, to be a glutton. He doesn't want you to be boastful. He doesn't want you to be prideful. He wants to be happy with what he's blessed you with. Uh, that kind of teaching, all it does is make you want more, 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 more. Uh, and I, I can just imagine, uh, can you imagine if you gave your youngin a present or you gave your mama, your daddy, your boyfriend, your girlfriend a present? And they looked and said, is that it? Is that all you got me? And you said, well, I gave you all that, all that I had. I put my last dime into that. That present, 
They said, well, is that it? I want more. That's what God has done for us. He gave us His everything, gave us His all, uh, laid His everything on a cross to die for us. Uh, and most of the time, and preaching like that will make us say, well, is that it? God, I want the nicest house. I don't want to look good in, all these, in front of all these nice folks. And, and if you give me this nice house and give me this nice car and give me the prettiest wife and give me the best job and give me a real good paycheck, well, then I'll stand up an hour each Sunday and tell people that uh, you'll do it for them too. I don't do nobody no good. And he's got people sending him millions of dollars every Sunday, broke people. He says, if you'll send me your money, you'll be doing good which doesn't really fit with his doctrine. You'd think if, uh, with his doctrine, you'd want to keep every dime you could save so you, could be, uh, so you wouldn't be uh, poor, uh, hungry, and defeated, but you'd be real nice and you'd look real good and have a, uh, a golden Cadillac with golden wheels. Uh, but that's, the, that's exactly what I'm talking about, false doctrine inside the house of God. How many people is Joel Osteen leading astray? The Bible tells us not to be a stumbling block. And if he is saved, if he is called by the word of God or by, the, by God and he has a calling on his life, he's got a, a hard time coming ahead of him, honey. Let me tell you something. If he's called by God uh, and he has God's calling on his life and that's the kind of stuff he's preaching and teaching and he's leading so many people astray, like I said, Jerry, he'll do a higher standard. He'll be in trouble. Let's go back to, to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and I'll, I'll be done after this. I promise, I'm sorry, I kept you so long as, as long as I meant, or longer than I meant to go. But when God's moving, I just can't help it, amen. Back to chapter 4, verse 2, 3, and we'll read 4 again. It says, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, rebuke exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but they themselves, but but they, excuse me, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teach, uh, themselves teachers having itchy ears, and they shall turn away their ears from truth and shall be turned unto fables. That's the day and time we're living in today. People have turned their face away from the truth, the word of God, the real life word of God. They tell us it's outdated and that it's, uh, it's overrated and that it won't do nobody no good uh, and that that old King James Version of the Bible uh, is just for old fogies. Uh, <laughs> this one, it's just for me and you. And they say it ain't for them, right? Uh, and it ain't gonna do nobody no good. But I'm telling you, it's the only way uh, it's the only infallible, inspired, inerrant word of God. This other bunch of stuff, uh, uh, you know that what, and I'll just say this, and I'm not going to preach on this because I'll go for another 30 minutes, but um, the two men that translated the Alexandria Scrolls into the ESV, the ASL, the NIV, all those, they were atheists. What business does two atheists have uh, translating God's word? They said, and they're quoted on saying this, well, we left what we wanted to and took out what we didn't. What good does that do for anybody? If you'll look, they changed the word hell to Hades. That's not the same thing. Uh, they take out, uh, they take out uh, verses that are talking about the bit Jesus being the only way to heaven. Uh, what good does that do anybody? Uh, and there's worse things. There are worse 
versions of the Bible is what they call them. Uh, worst books, I should say. They're not versions of the Bible because the only Bible sitting right here and there uh, in that pulpit. Uh, they, they, but the Alexandria scrolls, right? The, the scrolls that they were t- interpreted to them and written down as. They come from Alexandria, Egypt. Let's go back uh, into the Word of God if we were in Exodus, say, or Daniel, maybe. What do you see in Egypt? You see bondage, slavery, and death. Slavery, bondage, and death. I don't want anything coming from that land. God's word from Texas Receptus, the King James Version. Texas Receptus. Just, I'm clearing this up for you because I know some of you are like, what's wrong with them other versions? The King James Version was translated from what is called Texas Receptus. That's Latin for uh, the received text. Uh, text uh, that was received from God. Um, the men that translated it uh, were men that, what, 11 of them? So, uh, 11 men of God, 11 men of God that uh, came and they took these scrolls, the Texas Receptus, they, they went and, and took their part and they copied it down. And they, so, so we have 66 books, right, of countless writers, countless writers and, and countless men in countless countries uh, with all kinds of writers and then 11 more men taking what those men written down and it all comes together, it makes sense, uh, it, 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 it is helpful, uh, it's perfect, Amen? Amen? The King James Version is the only version of the Bible. But we're in a time where they have itchy ears. People don't want to hear the truth. People don't like to hear a preacher stand up and preach the truth. Uh, People uh, like to go and hear emotion. They like to hear emotion. And there's a difference between emotion and fire from God. Uh, Emotion uh, uh, wells you up inside. It gives you that good fuzzy feeling. Emotion will never make you feel bad when it's coming from a pulpit. A fake man of God will stand up and try and make you feel good any way he can uh, and tell you that everything's going to be okay. And, and, and our pastor is so good at encouraging. He's such an encouragement to me. But this goes beyond encouragement. This goes into, in, in, into giving you a warm and fuzzy feeling that makes you feel good about yourself. Like I said, your righteousness is filthy rags. There's none good, no, not one. Uh, the only thing you should feel good about yourself, and this might sound harsh again, is Christ Jesus in you. You're a sinner, a whole gut sinner. You were headed on your way to hell, and Christ Jesus saved you, and the only thing good in you is Christ Jesus in you. The only righteousness you have is what he imparted onto you, and that's it. Everything else, uh, uh, don't make up a hill of beans. My flesh, I wish I could get rid of it right now. I wish I could, t- I could take it and throw it away because all it ever does is get me in trouble. Amen. So my, my point tonight, if, if you don't get anything else, two things. Share the word of God in the highways, in the hedges, in the grocery stores and at work, at the gas pump and inside the gas station, at the rest area, uh, at the vending machines, 
uh, outside the doors of the church, uh, in the parking lot, uh, wherever you may be on your porch at home, share God's word. Because that's the only way a sinner is going to hear it, is if you share it, if God's people share it. My second is be wary of false doctrine and false religion. If it doesn't match up with what God's word says, it ain't no good. Which brings me to another point. Know God's word. Too many Christians today, too many people today that claim to be Christians don't know what God's word says about anything and so they'll believe any man of God that gets up and says he's a preacher. Amen. Know God's word so you can know right and correct doctrine and so you can know what to shun and what to welcome in. Amen. But that's what I got tonight. I hope so bad that that come across uh, in a way that you understood and and uh, if you're mad at me, you can tell me or you, you don't have to. That's okay. Uh, I'll accept it either way. I will not, though, apologize. Um, but that's the message. Uh, we'll have a word of prayer and then we'll go home. Seth, would you, would you close us out in prayer?